Oh, I got one. He's hooked up. Oh, this is exciting. Welcome to the Fish Nerds. It's the latest about fish, fishing, and eating fish that's always interesting, usually funny, and mostly true. I'm Dave. And I'm Clay. Anything is fair game. It's a good bet that holiday leftovers will leave us feeling fat and unfulfilled. <laughs> a lot like tonight's show, Dave. Yeah, I know. I know. The, uh, this show is, well, it's a busy time of year, right? Crazy busy. Yes. And uh, when things get busy, leftovers are there to save the day. Right. And and I was thinking about this the other day, Dave. I was, what kind of food stays in your fridge as leftovers the longest? Oh, that's a good question. So leftover it's usually pasta. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because you make a lot of that and then you store it away. Until it gets fuzzy, you think it may still be good. Right. And sometimes you scrape the fuzz off and eat it anyway, right? I never do that, but yes. Well, with tonight's show, that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We ha- we have a few bits and bobs, uh, pieces of show that we have, for whatever reason, not used. Uh, sometimes leftovers exist because you just have too much of something. Right, 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 right so, yes. So some of the pieces tonight we're going to use because we had too much stuff and couldn't fit it into previous shows. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Uh, other leftovers you might keep because maybe the quality isn't as good as you would have liked. Oh, that's always appealing. <laughs> right. I mean, I cook dinner sometimes and, like... All the good stuff is gone, and then, like, uh, the asparagus kind of sticks around a couple of days. (laughs) So we might have a piece here that maybe the quality isn't quite what we wanted to do, but it's still interesting and worth having on here. Well, and wait, and sometimes leftovers get better with age. Yes. So I know, like, a lasagna may not be the perfect thing. (laughs) Right. Right away, but you let it sit for a while, and and the, the, the flavors meld into a melody of wonderfulness. Oh, that's how I am with chili. I love chili on day three. Mm-hmm. Right. My wife does not love me having chili on day three. <laughs> no, it's Especially day Especially if, if day three is a car trip day. Mm-hmm. Get it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and other times we have leftovers that have been sitting around just for too long because we get lazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tonight I think our three segments we're going to string together represent all three of those possibilities. Very nice. Hey, Dave, do you remember in October, Tim Moore invited me to go fishing with him? Oh, I did remember that. Yeah, he was bragging about lake trout fishing being great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's made this brag to me before. Mm-hmm. And what happens whenever I fish with Tim Moore? Uh, you usually cause ungodly bad luck and you, it, the whole team, you and Tim, don't catch very many fish. Right. And especially with lake trout fishing. I, have you ever, ever had a great day of fishing for lake trout? No. No, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's a mythical unicorn of fishing. However, Tim Moore assured me we would be out catching t- dozens of these fish. Mm. And so in October, I met him and we went out fishing. Uh, Tim's a professional, one of the best. And I'm not. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, I'm, we, you know, we're, we muddle a lot. We spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to do good audio. So I had my recording device set up, I thought, in a good spot recorded hours of audio and I got back and the boat was constantly banging into the microphone. So the entire recording is just thumping the whole way through. This is why I haven't used this piece before. Oh, I see. Yeah, but I wanted to. So today I spent some time chopping it up, try my very best to take most of that noise out. There's still plenty of it in there so you can, you can see we're very authentic. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's a way to go. We're artisanal. 
That's right. Yeah, it's aged. Uh, but t- since Tim took us fishing, I thought the least I could do is is air this little uh, little fishing trip. So here it is. It was 5.30 in the morning. I was barely awake. Two cups of coffee in. I pulled up to the super secret fishing spot on Lake Winnipesaukee. I was so lucky. Tim Moore from Tim Moore Outdoors invited me to come fishing with him. And he was already there when I pulled in. He had these two old town kayaks that were unloaded and in the water and ready to fish. I was also lucky because Tim gave me a hug and he is dreamy. I pride myself in my level of laziness uh, and fishing with Tim Moore really exceeds anything for a lazy angler. Tim was there, everything was set up and we got in the kayaks and I was fully prepared, full on prepared to paddle the uh, mile and a half out to the fishing spot. But Tim Moore had these great old town kayaks that had motors right in them. So we just got in the motors and we motored on out. Are you going to drive me out? Yeah. We're going to be paddling out for a mile and a half. I don't know. The best day of my life. <laughs> I was so prepared to like paddle. I'm like, oh, am I strong enough? Nope. That's awesome. Smarter, not harder. Tim explained that Lakers spawn in the fall and gorge themselves on smelt before the spawn. This is the best time of the year to catch them. So without giving anything away, how do you find these spots? Do you, do you just do all the work or do you have a lot of friends? Both. Uh, it's pretty common knowledge at this time of year, lake trout are going to be stacked up in 154 holes. Mm-hmm. If you find 154 holes, there's going to be fishing. Some, some more than others, but they'll all have fishing. We fished with the elite Albi jigs from Daddy Mac. They essentially were three and a half inch big pieces of metal that were blue and sparkly and happy. Well, hopefully we can break the curse today. Well, how many? I don't know what you Uh God, I've, I've never... It's funny, we've been fishing a few times together, and I always seem to, to wreck the day. I don't yeah. blame you. It's not, it's not just you, just any guy who's taken me out. It's been... Yeah. They'll send me pictures to me before where they're catching tons of fish, whether it's redfish or whatever, yeah. and then I go out and we have to work our asses off to catch anything. It's a little breezier than I'd like, mm-hmm. which push makes our drift faster. I use I do the best I can with the motor mm-hmm. to hold us in one place. It's really important to stay as vertical as we can. Right. And you so, can't anchor in that with these. No, no, it's too deep. I don't have 150 feet anchor. Why do they uh, why do they why do they like trout suspend? Why aren't they at the bottom? Um they're feeding. Smelt. And the smelt are suspenders? Yep. Probably where the smelt are right now. Because sometimes, <clears throat> the other day, what we found is that the fish were holding at 120 feet down. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter where you were, where you went. If you went to a place that was only 120 feet and found fish, they were on the bottom. If you moved into 160 feet, they were 120 feet down. If you were in 130 feet, they were 10 feet off the bottom. They were always at that 120 foot depth range. So it must be where the, right where the plankton the must be hanging out or something, or whatever yeah. the smelts are eating. Something. Tim caught a few fish right away. I'm not including that audio because I'm super jealous, but he gave me some tips. I want to do, Clay, with, since we don't have the Vexilar, yep. 
drop to the bottom, mm -hmm. just work your way up and through the water column. And then do it again. And then drop it back down, yep. And just, you know, jig in one spot a few times, reel up a few cranks, jig there for a, for a minute, reel up a few cranks and just work your way up. Not all the way up. Right. And then it was on. Tim and I fished for a few hours and were able to catch fish at, well, almost 20 Lakers in the short time we were out. So I've been matching Tim jig by jig. And on his fourth hookup, I've had nothing. So let's see if we can actually land this one. Here comes Tim on the screen. <laughs> oh, it's a nice one. I got one. He's hooked up. Oh, this is exciting because nice you got one. It's tight, my. I'm taking my time, and I got cameras on. That never happens. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, best day of my life. Too tight. Am I in the right spot? Between the boats here. All right. This is my first lake trout uh, jigging uh, in open water. Oh, it's it's a monster. It's it's the humongous cowabunga. I got the general. <laughs> oh. All right, stop. Oh, it's a nice fish. Yes. A nice fish. Oh, I got two. No. <laughs> no, you There's don't. Two fish in one net is a beautiful thing. All right. There's your jig. You see that? I'm surprised why we lose so many fish. Oh, that's so fun. I, I'm so happy. <laughs> nice work, buddy. Ah, I win. Let's go home. <laughs> now we gotta... In October, catching lake trout is easy because they're getting ready for the spawn. Uh, one of the great things about fishing for these things is you want to release them. Not because... You care about the fish and their happiness and well-being, which is all nice, but lake trout tastes bad. What a smart adaptation. Oh, there it is. Nice and easy. Keep that tight. This will be the, the fish of the day. Oh, there it is. There's the fight. Head shake, head shake, head shake. All right, good. Oh, I missed it. There it is. Get in it. <laughs> Don't lift him up. Beautiful. We were done by 10 a.m., and I made it to work just on time. I can't wait to get out fishing again with Tim Moore. If you're in New Hampshire and want to fish with Tim someday, you can find him on Facebook. Just look for Tim Moore Outdoors. Or head right to his website, timmooreoutdoors.com. Special thanks to Daddy Mac Lures and Old Town Kayaks for making this trip possible. Oh... Yeah. It's OPC time. Oh, I'm down with the OPC day. Mm. OPC, <laughs> that is the premier outdoor podcasting network.
Yeah, Outdoor PC means Outdoor Podcast Channel. You can find that at OutdoorPodcastChannel.com. Oh, yeah, add that Casio beat in there. Nothing says outdoors like the Casio. <laughs> <laughs> grooving, grooving, grooving. Yeah, when I hear Casio, I want to hear uh, archery shows and hunting shows and fishing shows. And so I download on the iTunes a little bit of OPC. <laughs> OPC has great channels like the, or channels, podcasts, like the Big Buck Registry. Yes. And Carrie Zilka's Hunt Fish Travel. Yes. Hmm. What and, else, Dave? Uh, the Fish Nerds. And the... <laughs> The the number one fishing podcast on the OPC is the Fish Nerds. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to turn that on. The OPC having the lineup of outdoor podcast podcasts. I think that's a word or a phrase. Is the Big Buck Registry podcast? Bow dudes, bow Sounds hunting fun, bow hunting freedom. Fish nerds. Oh, I love those guys. I know. I hear they're, they're great. So damn funny. Hunt fish travel podcast. Yep. Take Aim podcast. The Green Way Outdoors. The Turkey Hunter podcast. Up North Journal and Where to Hunt podcast. That's a lot of podcasting. That <laughs> That is. And that comes to you in this constant stream of shows. Uh, all you have to do is sign up to that outdoor podcast on iTunes and you get all those. All on one stream, so you don't have to register. You can just do one show. Yeah, and you get all eight shows in one. Right, eight days a week, Dave. Eight days a week. I love you. Oh, now, <laughs> now it's gotten all weird. Yeah, now I'm uncomfortable. Sorry about that. Anyway, OPC, get it now anywhere podcasts are sold. Hey Clay. Hey Dave. We we need some good Casio music for this one. I think. Oh, I think definitely. All right, Let's here, hit it. here we go. Let's. Yeah. I'm just going to spin the wheel and see what we get. Mm. Well, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. talk really fast. <laughs> and then, then I have a little auto fill here that I can do this. You ready for the musical fill? Yeah, hit it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sweet. I love the sweet, sweet sounds of uh, Dave Kellum and his Casio. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the need to go to an expo, Dave. Oh, expo. This is perfect expo music, right? It, it is. It is. And nothing says dancing like a fishing and hunting expo. <laughs> this fishing and hunting expo happens at, um, where does it happen? It's at Salem, New Hampshire, at the Rockingham Park at the racetrack. Oh, January 9th and 10th. So, yeah, this is one of the very few live appearances that we're going to be doing this year. So if you want to see the Fish Nerds live, you can come visit us at the Rockingham Fishing and Hunting Expo on January 9th and 10th. For more information, go to RockinghamExpo.com. RockinghamExpo.com. And there are hundreds of people going to be there, including us. Tim Moore Outdoors, Fishnet Charters, Daddy Mac Lures, all kinds of cool stuff going on there. So come check it out. Mm-hmm. Bruce Hebert's going to be there, Dave. Really? Yeah. I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is? I don't know who Bruce Hebert is, but he, he must be good. He was on, uh, what's that, that tuna fishing show? 
Oh, okay. He's one of those guys. Yeah, Wicked, Wicked Tuna. Wicked Tuna. Yeah, so oh. he'll be there. Oh, that sounds, yeah. yeah, that sounds good. All right, so I'll see you at the uh, Fishing and Hunting Expo January 9th and 10th at the, uh, at the uh, Salem, New Hampshire Raceway. Perfect. <laughs> Raceway. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's really funny. All right. Uh, hey, uh, so, some, someone told me, Dave, that you could go fishing on Lake Winnipesaukee right now at night from the bridges and catch cusk. Oh, really? Yes. That sounds super fun. I know. I might have to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Until January 1. Then you can't fish from anything that's not ice. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, and it's usually shut down totally. So are you sure you could go do that? Uh, I don't think it's truly shut down totally. I think that's a myth. Hmm. I think it shuts down for lake trout. And all and the s- trouts and stuff. Yeah, but I think you can still like – I know people crappie fish on it until it freezes. And, so. they, and they pull the boats off though too, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't have a boat on it. I don't know about that. Oh, I don't know about it either. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I don't, I don't know the rules, man. But I'm hearing stories. Mm. Hey, Dave. I I sent Hugo, our old friend Hugo Medeiros, a recording uh, piece of recording equipment. Oh yeah. Yeah, and so he tracked down Go Fish Dan. You know Go Fish Dan. I do know Go Fish Dan. Right, Dan Kennedy, and invite him over for dinner with him and. Did, it, did his very first Fish Nerds correspondent interview for us. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. And uh, have you heard it yet? Uh, you know, I haven't yet. It, it's part of the leftovers bin that I, I haven't got to yet. Right. We haven't used it because our show has been so jam-packed with excitement. We didn't have any room for more excitement. So tonight, for the first time, the premiere interview with Go Fish Dan by Fish Nerds correspondent Hugo Medeiros. Thanks, Hugo. Yay. Greetings, fellow fish nerds. This is Hugo Medeiros, field and cooking correspondent for the fish nerds. Today we have with us Dan Kenny of Go Fish Dan. Dan, how's it going? Ah, it's going great, Hugo. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about fishing, uh, all about what uh, Dan and his uh, Go Fish Dan project does, and also uh, we're going to be cooking some food. That's it. I mean, already smelling the season in here. You got. You know, anyone that knows Hugo, you know, sees the pictures online, and I'm really looking forward to the goose, venison, and I think you even told me I got a little bit of striper coming, right? We got striper and we got dry sea scallops. Oh, man. It's going to be good. So I'll roll out of here. Dan, now tell us about um, this project that you have that you do with uh, Go Fish Dan. I know uh, you travel around the country. You're fishing with all sorts of great fishermen. You have the TV show. You have the YouTube channel. You do other things for the community and the fishing industry in New England, uh, Massachusetts, all over the country. Tell us a little bit more about uh, Go Fish Dan. All right. Well, basically... I'll try to give you the abbreviated version rather than spend an hour and 48 minutes of uh, recording time. So I uh, have a marketing background. I worked in advertising agencies, print communications, and um, and TJX Corporate uh, for some time. 
And because of my passion and love for fishing, I always wanted to figure out a way that I could work in the fishing industry and not have to sit behind a desk for 10, 12 hours a day. So that's what kind of drove me. Um, and so I started doing Go Fish Dan full-time last August, which was August 14, officially full-time. And uh, partly because I also have um, been fortunate enough to be the promoter for the New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo. So if you look at it that way, I've got kind of like two full-time jobs, both in the fishing industry and um, and it's going well. Yes, I, I, I travel the country. I do get to meet a lot of great people. I fish for multi-species, freshwater, saltwater. Um, the big push nowadays is, is um, you know, I'm on TV, charter communications, but um, it's the web, it's the internet. And um, thank God that Al Gore uh, invented that for us uh, <laughs> because uh, that, that's where people are watching my show now, YouTube. Uh, my channel is Go Fish Dan Show, and and um, I'm just trying to increase the viewership, increase the uh, the number of species that I go after. And uh, at the end of the day, Hugo, it's it's uh, kind of like you and your passion for for cooking. I mean, it's it's my passion. I I don't claim to be a um, a celebrity or a elite angler. I, I'm just a regular Joe that that loves to fish and I like going out fishing with different people and and uh, fortunately like I said I've, I've been able to kind of um, string a couple things together and do it full time I, I can only knock on wood and, uh, and hope that it continues you know oh I hope it goes really well for you I mean I enjoyed a lot the um, the YouTube uh, shows that I've seen are uh, they're just great you know it's I enjoy watching them of course I love fishing too so when I have a chance uh, to watch those shows and uh, see what I can learn from it and just, just enjoy watching, seeing what you do and the places that you go and all these different species that you catch. It's a lot of fun to see. And uh, the one thing I've attended uh, a couple times now is the, um, the yearly uh, New England Fish and Outdoor Expo that you have. And uh, especially the last one that we just had at um, the beginning of the year, um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of uh, fishermen from the New England area and all over the place. A lot of people that, uh, that I've met on the water and that I've met online uh, just coming together for a couple days and uh, hanging out with uh, good friends and lots of fisher folks and uh, of course seeing all the gear and enjoying all that too. So um, yeah, looking forward to that, hanging out with a bunch of good buddies there again this year. So that's coming up in uh, January. Right. Yep. Last weekend in January, it's uh, and and this is the fourth year that I've I've been the promoter, but it's the second year at the Holiday Inn, Boxborough, and uh, the website is nefishingexpo.com, ne for New England, nefishingexpo.com, um, and yeah, again, that part of the goal with that expo is. Um, you know, guys like you, myself, the fish nerds, Wicked Fisher, Tim Moore, you know, a lot of the people that uh, I don't necessarily want to say are our little circle because it's, it's not little. It, there's a huge circle of, of uh, people here in New England that that just want to come together, have quality products, have a really good show um, and hang out. And that's kind of what I was trying to build is just a a really homey vibe, a nice expo. Um, some place that 
other than like a, a big convention center where you have to fill 60,000 square feet and uh, and frankly they're flea markets in this day and age so uh, my show our show is what I like to say um, my show because I'm the promoter but our show because we're all outdoorsmen um, is the opposite it, it's supposed to be a place to hang and a very economical place to to promote your business and um, and at the end of the day hopefully it's a win-win for all of us involved and people will continue to come back because they're seeing quality absolutely I just had a great time there I've met people that I've become good friends with uh, just because of that show so looking forward to that again this year and getting to meet more and more people and um, yeah, uh, appreciate you putting that together. Well, it's not a problem. We uh, we have a lot of fun. It's it's uh, like I said, what you follow your passions, and um, you know you. I just wanted to say, you know, not only yourself, Hugo Maderos, but the fish nerds, Tim Moore, uh, Wicked Fisher, Dwight Dion, uh, guys like Daddy Mac Laws, Jay's Custom Rods. Who can I think of? Richie Yvonne up at Twin Maple Outdoors. I, I know I'm going to miss some people, but. It's uh, the fact is, is is that we've all become really good friends online, um, and we all try to support each other, and and that's really what I've what I've taken from running the expo is um, certainly there's a a percentage of people that are are not happy no matter what you do, but by and large there's a lot of good people, a lot of diehard New Englanders who who are banding together. Uh, for the better of our industry. And and that's really what has inspired me to keep it going. With the fish nerds coming and you walking around, I'm sure we'll get a thousand people just based <laughs> on that alone. We're going to have a lot of fun. Thank you, Dan, so much. For fishnerds.com, this is Hugo Medeiros reporting from central Massachusetts. My bait shop brings all the boys to the yard. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a song to go with the beat you were going to lay down, but you, oh. didn't lay, kind of, you didn't lay one down. Oh, well, hold on. Let me find one here. Uh, oh, all right. You ready? Yeah. Mm. Are you going to try that rap again? I am. I am. Yeah. I, I don't know when to come in. This is like double Dutch music. I, I can't jump in. Okay. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. I hate it. <laughs> right, so we'll, we'll turn this down. We'll keep practicing. Um, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> but um, so I, I went down to Guilford, Connecticut. Gil- Where is that? Guilford, Connecticut is is kind of a little bit below halfway the coast that of Connecticut that goes along um, Long Island Sound. There's a bait shop. And it's one of those great bait shops that is just jam full of stuff. It's it's a small like kind of not beat up place but but <laughs> certainly a small place and uh, the guy in there is Captain Morgan. That's his name. That's his name. <laughs> yes. Does he always have like one leg up like uh, like his <laughs> knee bent and one leg kind of up and part of a mustache? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Um, but he has he has a weekly newspaper column and he does a blog and he's on Twitter 
And um, and I went in and talked to Captain Morgan. And I did this a while ago. It was one of these leftover shows because I was on a family vacation during, I believe, what's the first? It's Memorial Day. Right. I think I was there on Memorial Day. And uh, it, it just got shuffled in the, onto the back burner, which, is, which was terrible. I felt really bad about it because uh, the captain was a really interesting character that I wanted to get on the show. But uh, like I said, got back burnered. But... We are going to fix that today on the Fish Nerds Leftover Show. You know what it reminds me of, Dave? What? It reminds me of, like, do you ever, like, get an email from someone who you like uh, but aren't really close friends with and you don't respond to them right away and, like, four months go by and you went, okay, can I still invite them for dinner? Can I still go fishing <laughs> with that person? And you just don't know what to do with it because you're embarrassed by how much time has gone away. I know. And, yes, and that's where I'm at with Captain Morgan. Yeah. Or at least you know his name still. That's true. That's true. I have I have that happen where I bump into people and I'm like, "Hey, Clay, let's go fishing." I'm like, "Yeah," and then I see him two months later. I'm like, "Do I know you?" <laughs> or, "Hey, how's it going?" I'm sorry, I just forgot your name. I, you know, that's when you, Paul. Hey, I forgot your first name. Mm. I know you're Mister Jones or whatever, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so here's Captain Morgan. find yourself in Connecticut, go along Route 1, which runs parallel to the Long Island Sound. And when you get to Guilford, Connecticut, keep an eye out for the East River because on the eastern shores of the East River in Guilford, you will find Captain Morgan's Bait and Tackle, this small, unassuming shop that shares space with, I think, a, a English as a second language tutoring facility. <laughs> um, Houses, a wealth of information. When you go in, you will see a salty character, and that would be Captain Morgan himself. He's been talking about fishing for a while. We do a blog, and we've been writing for the local papers strung out along the shoreline of Connecticut for about, I guess, 20 years. 20 years. He's collected some stories, and the shop has been a big part of that. This little shop happens to be in a crossroads for whatever the reason is. If people go to New York, they're on their way to Boston. If they're in Boston, they're on their way to New York. We see a tremendous number of people from not only all parts of the country, but all over the world. It's not uncommon for us to do fishing licenses, for example, from every state in the Union. (laughs) It's a constant thing. And we'll get folks in from Japan, uh, from China. You name it, non-English speaking. And they come in here, no English. And yet, when fishermen get together, they don't have to speak. They can use their hands, and you can very easily have a conversation, uh, tying hooks, small hooks, putting leaders on, kind of a rod. You know, things just go on and on and on and on. Uh, The one thing that uh, I hear readily in English is thank you. (laughs) I've met Captain Morgan over the years when I went and visited my in-laws. And this time around, I was very interested in the current run of fish that I was seeing some people catching on the West River on the other side of Guilford. These fish were silvery fish, looked like two to three pounds, and there were big groups of people catching them. I went in and asked Captain what they were, and he said, oh, what you're seeing there are hickory shad. 
I said hickory shad. What are those? Uh, they're a northern tarpon. <laughs> uh, you put four six-pound tests on a light rod, you have a ball. Put a willow leaf on, put a shad dart on, put a little jig head on with a twister tail, you'll have a good time. They're fun. They jump. They actually taste good. Most people don't realize it. Most people ignore them in favor of American shad. But I'll take hickories. I'll take some mesquite. Uh, I'll go ahead, smoke them up, and one of the favorite things that I like to do with them is once they're all done off the smoker, then we'll kind of stake them out, peel them up, take a hot bagel in February, put some cream cheese on it, sprinkle a shad on it, put some onions, some tomatoes, some cheese, hot cup of coffee, and light the fire, and you're done. <laughs> I went out right after talking with him and buying about a half dozen shad darts to the West River and did as he told me and caught a zillion of them. They were a lot of fun. Uh, one of the best things I was using besides the shad darts did catch some fish, but were some large, shiny ice fishing jigs. Um Anything that imitated some of the small bait fish in the estuary swimming around were catching these hickory shads. They were just great. So not only is Captain Morgan a wealth of good local fishing information, but he's also very well plugged into the uh, politics and the business of fishing in the area. And you should ask him what the latest issues are that he's concerned about in the area. Well, I think one of the big things, uh, according to the state budget, is that the governor, one of the things they wanted to axe was the Kensington fishery, uh, fish hatchery, I should say. Uh, that supplies school activities, uh, fish in the classroom. It supplies our seafloran trout. Uh, it's a source of brown trout. It's a tremendous source for consumer surplus, as we call it, mm. uh, the trickle-down effect. So you're talking about a hatchery that's been in existence since 1934, and it's been successful. Um, it generates a lot of income. It generates things like uh, increased taxes to the state for homes that are on waterways. So the budget cut is $196,000. If you do the math and you take a look at the number of fishing licenses and the number of people that fish and the number of uh, trips and the catch and effort, you're looking at about a 25 to 1 ratio. Hmm. Uh, if I was in the market, I would take putting a dollar down and receiving $25 every day of the week. Captain Morgan is a soft-spoken man, but an opinionated man. Uh, really great to talk with him, especially about the future of fishing. Uh, most most any good fisherman that I've ever talked to thinks about the future, thinks about fish stocks, and then also thinks about kids getting into fishing. And Captain's got some thoughts on that. In the wintertime when folks come in and the kids come in, their little fingers are going on whatever their little iPods are. <laughs> in the summertime, we don't usually see that. They're coming in, they, they want to learn about fishing. The moms come in, they want to learn about fishing. The dads come in, they want to learn about fishing. Uh, and the other thing, too, is more kids seem to be more conservation-minded, mm. okay, but to the point where some of them like to name their fish and they want to let them go or take them home. <laughs> Clay still does that, so. <laughs> <laughs> I asked the captain about the 20 and 30-somethings. 
most of the, those folks, the millennials who, who have been working uh, and lived on the shoreline, they've fished mm. and, and they've learned. And they've learned about striped bass and bluefish and fluke and flounder and, and the whole thing. Uh, then they split. They go away to college. They might wind up in the Midwest someplace. You know, maybe there's a trout stream, maybe there isn't. When they come back, they're anxious to get back into it. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, then they get married and have kids. <laughs> and then that ruins everything. Okay. <laughs> and now it's like it's okay to buy a pair of high heel shoes, but it's not okay to buy a fishing rod. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah, I know. Uh, be, so you've got to take care of business, so, sure. so to speak. And, and then there's a drift. But then I'm seeing more and more coming back. Mm. As soon as they have kids uh, that reach like the three-year-old age, four-year-old age, it's... We want to take them trout fishing. We want to take them pan fishing. We want to, you know, break them in. Right. Uh, the gentleman that was just here yeah. that you saw, it's like, I got my grandkids coming. I got to take them fishing. So there is a break in, in some cases. Yeah. But you'll always have a return. Or I should say most of the time you'll have a return. I had a fellow that came in a while ago, and he was walking along the, the aisles and looking at various things. And I looked up, and he's tearing. <laughs> and he's probably about 45 years old. And I went over to him. I didn't quite understand what was going on. And he happened to see this, this pikey lure hanging. Right? And he says, I had to stop. He says, it reminded me of my father. And I said, okay, in what respect? He says, we used to go on the lake all the time. And we used to fish with that lure. And every year, his dad was up, up in New York State. Every year when I would visit, I would make sure I brought in these kinds of lures. And when he passed on, he went down to the basement, and they were still in the boxes. But he tell, told me the story that he was on the lake, and he was using one of these lures to catch a fish. And another boat pulls up alongside of him and says... It's quite a lure you have that you're using. He says, yes. He says, do you know what that's worth? Why are you fishing with it? He says, because it catches fish. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, he had, a, he had to buy a couple of those lures. And we also happened to have one of these reproduction signs that happened to have that lure on it. Oh. And it made his day. Oh. But the bottom of the story is he was one of those returners. And customers come in many shapes and sizes, too. I asked him, uh, because we're up here in New Hampshire and we don't have a lot of diversity, uh, what is the cultural diversity like down in Connecticut? We also see people coming in from other countries whereby catching anything is legal. Mm. Uh, whether it's a three-inch fish, it's food. Whether it's a 12-inch fish, it's food. And they're really not cognizant of rules and regulations, especially like in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to tell somebody that you can only keep a white bass that's this long mm -hmm. or scup or porgy that's this long. 
So that's an enforcement thing, but it's also an educational thing. And what I found interesting last year for the first time, our regulations were in three languages. I'll definitely be cycling back to Captain Morgan to hear more stories and his thoughts on the future. If you are in Guilford, Connecticut on Route 1, be sure to stop by. Uh, I asked him how folks can find him. Uh, probably just search for Captain Morgan's B&T. No, good. You know, if they get Captain Morgan, they're going to get a lot of stuff. <laughs> could happen. <laughs> it could happen. This is our Christmas special, Dave. Mm, mm-hmm. Or solstice special, if you're an atheist. Druid. Druid. And oh, how they danced. <laughs> the little children of Stonehenge. No one knew who they were or what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> yep, children of Stonehenge. Yeah. I want large bread. <laughs> Anyway, back on back on what you were saying. This is the worst holiday message ever. It is. It's god awful. Uh, yeah, we may want to not have a holiday message. <laughs> I don't think we do. Why don't we just uh, Why don't we just say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Fish Nerds, and to all a good night. Okay, done. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> that was Tiny Tim Moore. <laughs> So that is it. That's it. You've listened to a couple of nerds when you should have been fishing. We'd like to thank our families for supporting us while we podcast, go on fishing quests, and do all sorts of silly things that middle-aged guys do. If you would like to support the fish nerds, you can go to patreon.com slash fish nerds and help us crowdfund this show. Uh, We'd like to send out a bunch of special thanks to uh, folks on the show. Tim Moore of Tim Moore Outdoors, thanks so much for uh, taking clay fishing. Appreciate that, yes, and your your continued support. And Hugo Medeiros, both for being an excellent fish nerd and an excellent fish nerd correspondent. Thanks so much for talking to Go Fish Dan. And thanks, Go Fish Dan. Yeah, thanks, man. (laughs) And finally, Captain Morgan. If you're ever down in Guilford, Connecticut, go by and go by uh, his bait shop and talk to Captain Morgan. And until next time, follow the code of the fish nerd, spawn early and often. Avoid free lunches with strings attached. And swim against the current every chance you get. (laughs) 